It's episode 66 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guests are Helen Sulis and Catherine Badman. So just so the listeners make sure they know whom is whom, would you like to just say your name and an interesting fact about yourself? Or maybe a dull one for reasons that will become explained later on. Ah. So my name is Helen Sulis, and a dull fact is that that is not my real name. Boring. That's kind of boring, but also quite interesting. Um, because we had this conversation before about what it actually means, and I feel like it's a good name. Well, well what does it mean? So Sulis is a Roman demigoddess. Not a goddess, because you've got to keep your kids in check. Don't yeah. let them get arrogant. Yeah, no one wants a cocky kid. Yeah. You are merely a semi-goddess. Helen. Yeah. Something to do with the city of Bath, which again feels like that's drifting into dog territory. <laughs> a goddess of what, if it's to do with Bath? Of baths? Water, maybe. No. I think. Or just of Bath. Maybe. I like the idea of a goddess of Bath. I'm really worried someone's going to fact check me and be like, no, it's not, it's just some syllables your parents liked. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, we'll move, we'll move, we'll on, move on, on your back now. Um, I'm aware that there's probably more than you expected to talk about your middle name. I mean, I would, I mean, I'm just guessing, I'd suggest it's probably a deity worshipped at the thermal spring of Bath. That maybe doesn't sound maybe. a million miles from what I said. Yeah, that, that yeah. Is, uh, I like how you fact checked it to make sure before <laughs> this went out. No, there's no fake news. No fake news. No so fake you do not spread fake no. news on no. this. I like that you can fake little... news about. Roman, yes, yes, <laughs> yes because you will get letters from Romans. Yes, Mary Beard will write in and tell us that we're wrong. She will. I'd love that. I, I would, would really lo- like that. Too. I would <laughs> love that too. Uh, Mary Beard. Uh, oh, I got Mary time. Beard doing improv would be great. I haven't got time for my yeah. Mary Beard story. I totally have. Uh, I was in a meeting and she winked at me and I thought I've still got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, do you want to introduce Sorry, yourself yes. and tell us something about your name? Um, so I'm Catherine Badman, and the fact is that is my name. Um, that that's dull, and it's a really good name. It is a good name, but it's difficult in adulthood because people only find out about it when they kind of add you on Facebook. And obviously, on Facebook, you can call yourself anything you want to. So I think people add me, and then they kind of think, "Who the fuck is she?" <laughs> she thinks like, she's, so she thinks she's cool. really cool. She's changed her Facebook name to Badman. <laughs> What a twat. And so like awkwardly the next day they add me or the next time I see them, I have to kind of subtly mention that is my real like, real name and I'm not a dick. Um, <laughs> I genuinely am. <laughs> but I mean the best, I mean the kind of interesting thing about it is my mum's maiden name is, is just as worse because everyone's always like, oh, you could use her maiden name or like, why didn't they use that? Because my mum's maiden name is Topless. So at least it's not hyphenated. Catherine Topless Badman. Well, that would really make me... A bad man, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's all I've got to say. (laughs) (laughs) What drew you to improv? How did you get started in improv? So a couple of years ago, I went to see a show by my old youth theatre group and the director from there is like this massive lovey and when I was a teenager, he thought I was like the tits. And... (laughs) He said to me, oh, do you still tread the boards, darling? Do you tread the boards? And I was like, no, I am a fundraiser for a charity. And I do not tread the boards at all. He's like, oh, you should, you should get back into treading the boards. And I was like, oh, that sounds 
incredibly serious and not like fun at all. But then I was like, I do like being looked at. So <laughs> what bridges treading the boards with people watching me be a dick? And then I thought, improv. <laughs> the best reason for anything ever yeah i like to be looked at but i don't want anything too serious exactly i'll do improv yeah so how how did you learn about improv how did you know how to get started how did you know it existed uh tina fey that's probably quite a common reason isn't it tina fey that's a good reason though read tina fey's book read amy poehler's book i was like i like them i like the cut of their jib Oh, I like the cup of your jib. <laughs> the cup of your jib? I'd like the cup of your jib, please. That'd be lovely. That sounds dirty. <laughs> I'm really sorry. What, what, maybe it was a Freudian slip or something. I, I think I just said it wrong, but maybe I meant something else by it. I don't know. Um, yeah. What's your story? My story? Um, well, for me, like improv was just always the really fun bits of drama. It was like the warm-up games that you kind of lived for and then you actually had to get on with doing some actual proper <laughs> scripted shit and then like I didn't really realise there was a like a thing like a name for it I just thought it was like warm-up games and then I realised oh my god improv is basically just drama warm-up games and like stuff that you don't have to script which is great and people do this as a thing and like they perform it and people come and they actually can like make a living or you know it's actually like a thing and that like blew my mind I was like what have I been doing <laughs> I've been I've been like you know living for those moments where it's like it's the end of term <laughs> let's play again like, yes where actually I could have saved myself a lot of time and just done the fun stuff all the time so as soon as I realized it was a thing I was like I need to do this <laughs> so then I found Hoopla yay yay, yay. <laughs> I'm a Hoopla baby <laughs> Was Hoopla at your way in? It was, it was, yeah. Got a lot of time for Hoopla. Big fan. <laughs> Got a lot of time for you, yeah. You keep doing my voice just, back like I I'm just cockney. I just love your phrases. I just think they're great. I've got a lot of time for you, yeah. I like the cu- cut of your jib. I'm not Kate the cut Nash. of your jib. The cut of your jib. It's very hard to say. Cut of the rest of the podcast, you perfecting this phrase. Yeah, it's kind of like it's a weird tongue twister for me. I find so, some sounds I really struggle to say, so, so like some tongue twisters are not for normal people, but just for me. The cut of your jib. The cut of your jib. Oh, it's it's going to be now. one of them. It's, yeah, I don't think it. I've, I've made it into a thing that's. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a thing. thing. It's not a thing. So you started with the Hoopla Beginners course. And then yes. Yeah. How did you meet? So we met on the Hoopla narrative course. It was a narrative yes. course. Uh, With the yeah. fabulous Steve Rowe. The fabulous Steve Rowe. The fabulous. Yes, I've heard he's very good. <laughs> You've heard. <laughs> heard. I don't know myself, I haven't met him, but I've heard he's good. The word on the street is that Steve Rowe is good. <laughs> he is good, he is good. We did yes. narrative together. How did you find narrative? I had a couple of weeks where afterwards I was like, I don't know if I'm having fun. Yeah. Is anyone else not having very much fun? Yeah. And the person I said it to said, I'm having loads of fun. And I was like, <laughs> I'm really pleased for you, I've got a train to catch. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I think it's one of those things, it's like, it's the, it's, 
I personally think it's like the best improv to watch because you're like, oh my God, like this cannot be made up on the spot. Like this all makes so sense and it's so witty and smart and smooth. And you watch it and you think, I bet they just stood backstage before and made this all. Yeah, they're, like this they're can't be made up. They other. were definitely whispering to each other. They definitely have about five stories that they just reuse. And so it's like, that's an amazing thing to watch. I was like, I definitely want to do that. And then like Helen, I arrived and I was like, this is really difficult and you don't a lot of the time you don't feel like you're having fun and that's what Steve said to us like in the first week and I remember thinking that but it was true I'm gonna have fun I'm gonna have fun yeah what are you saying I always have fun and then by the end of it I was thinking oh my god this is this is hard yeah I I had a long period of not having very much fun yeah I don't know why I really stuck with it. I'm glad I did. It's worked out really well. It came together so nicely on the final performance, but I also feel like as a group, we seem to bond literally the day before the performance for some reason. Like, the WhatsApp group was not established before then. And I feel that this is a very key thing in improv, right? All my other, like, groups. Get a WhatsApp group. You get a WhatsApp group. It's the first thing you do. Yes. You bond people through forced, you know, notifications. Lock it down. And so, like, there was not one for this, and I felt like, I think a lot of them had done courses together before, and it just felt a bit like, I don't know, we didn't really feel too bonded. And then the performance came, and it worked, and we kind of bonded. Yeah. And then we met up after, and that's kind of when I suppose we became, like, friends, whereas I think before we were just kind <laughs> just of, some like... people who went into a room together for yeah. a couple of hours and wondered if we were having fun, fun. Yeah. and then left. <laughs> <laughs> so what, yeah. was it, what was it about narrative that was not fun? In, as opposed to when you're doing the beginners or the performance that was fun? I think the amount of thought, it's like, it's this weird balance of like thinking, not thinking, trying to like, I don't know. I think it's just, it's just more things to think about with narrative. I think with the other stuff, like there was less, maybe it's pressure that you unduly put your, on yourself. Yeah. When you hear the word narrative, you think, oh my God, this has to be a good story. Um, but I think before it was like, for me, like I, I tend to overthink things a lot. So yeah. the joy of improv was like, I'm teaching myself not to think and I'm getting on and having fun. Whereas narrative almost brought back that bit of thinking, which you kind of need to make it work as a narrative and to make it really good. But yeah. I think it was just like getting my head around that <laughs> as a thing. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I found there were definitely a couple of weeks where I just couldn't, find a way to get myself on stage there was something in my head going everything that you're going to do is going to ruin what they've just set up just stay on the side be quiet and leave it you don't want to be that I've never had that feeling with any other sort of improv Mm. yeah because suddenly this whole thing about like you know all these are people coming forward suggestions for stories you don't want to like deny one or like put a spanner in the works like you want to make sure it goes nicely and not be too like forthcoming it's I don't know. It's just really Especially strange. when everyone's so new to it and so there are the people who are like, I'm going straight on stage because I've got a story and I want to tell it. And if I get on first, it's my story. Mm. And then there's people like me who are like, I do not have a story, <laughs> so I'm not getting on stage. And it takes yeah. a couple of weeks for those people to like back down a bit and for people who are more like me and more like, ah, to think like, no, I'm just going to go for it. What is the worst that can happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's an overthinking thing as well. It it's like getting off stage and being like, oh, I should have done that, I should have said that. There's always in the back of your mind, like, if I get on and I start this scene or I start this story, is there going to be somebody that had a better one that I've stopped yeah. by going on? I think that's probably a lot of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you want to make sure you're like a good team player and you produce the best things that you can. And sometimes you think, actually, I'm not the right person to do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Whereas, actually, one might argue that your story is as valid as anybody else's story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's probably just a personal thing about, I don't know. I think it's I think it's a tricky thing, as Helen says, like when everyone's new to it as well. Like people react so differently. Yeah, to it new. takes everyone a bit of time to find their middle ground. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in a short course, it's you know you get learning how to work with the other people as well as learning what mm, yeah is and everything. So. And that's the thing is it is a course, and like there are some people that is in life like you just naturally get on with really well you click with and you're really good at performing with and there are other people that actually you probably wouldn't choose to perform with if you had the chance but because it's a course not a group that you kind of made yourself yeah. there are prob I think there are problems as well that come to that I mean it's just like it's nothing personal it's just, you're just on a different way like yeah. Yeah. Or actually maybe you're too similar or like you know yeah so I think a lot of that is it's easier being in a group in that way because you don't have that like it's like you've chosen you've chosen to spend that time improvising with each other. Yeah, yeah. You've got a bit more of an understanding of yes. that person and how they're going yes. to yeah. do things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I entirely agree. And it's much easier to improvise with people who you know and you know how they're going to react and you know what excites them and what delights them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So if you were in doing a narrative um, performance, what sort of story would you like to tell? Or what sort of story would you like somebody else to start so you could jump on board with? I'm sort of thinking, what would delight you if you were doing a narrative improvisation? Catherine, you gave a wicked yeah, smile for that. <laughs> that, was, that was like... That I was, was just looking at Helen and thinking <coughs> we're probably on the same Dolphrob wavelength here, that we kind of like these anticlimactic observational stories rather yeah. than... Yeah, sometimes I find stories where they're, like, extremely wacky. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, there's a I'm cynicism sure in us both. Is, yeah. <laughs> Cause that's not realistic. Yeah. But... You know, yeah. fun, but not what I would want to be doing. Fun to watch, yes. but I don't think I get on well with performing that type of thing. Yes. I like things to be grounded, <laughs> extremely yes. grounded. <laughs> Hence the birth of Dolphrob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like with our narrative showcase, at the end of that, it got to the very end of what we were doing with our showcase, and I just said what me as me would have thought of the situation rather than me as this character that I'd built up. I was like, oh no, people went wild for it. I was like, people do like it when humans are human. It's <laughs> <laughs> a place for me. It's amazing. It's <laughs> so exciting. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, Helen came, out, Helen came out with this like killer line at the end that just like finished the performance because it was like, it was the kind of typical, I suppose almost fairy tale like you had the two princes and the kind of like Jason, who was the like, you know, lord and king of the castle and they were both going after this girl. And, and they Helen were both the hopeless. Girl. They'd shown yes. no evidence of having learned anything <laughs> about her. <laughs> and I couldn't like... I just couldn't get on board with this as a yeah. narrative device that it was obvious they'd learnt nothing about her. We'd made that a thing yeah. throughout. <laughs> and I, I wasn't buying that at the end she was going to be like, okay, well, pick I one. pick <laughs> you. And then Jason's character, who was like the father of these two princes, was like, no, she needs a proper man. She needs, and he was building up to it being, she needs me. Yeah. And I just cracked and I was like, why do I need any man at all? And the lights went off and I was like, oh. <laughs> Goodness me, that wasn't quite what I expected. My friends were in the audience and they were probably really 
drugged up on rosé at this point and they went completely mad. They were like, yes, bitch, yes! <laughs> and everyone was like coming up to Helen at the end, just like, that was so true. That was just exactly what I always think. And it was amazing. That's what women were doing. There were lots of yes. men coming over like, that was so subversive. And I was like, <laughs> thanks. I felt like, yeah, definitely all the women got it. <laughs> but yeah, it did reassure me that it's okay to just go for like... Yeah. Some people like to see things played a bit natural. Yeah. I think that's so true. There's so many, like, romance stories where actually no, like, neither character knows really a lot about each other at all, and yet they're madly and deeply in love, and they've got all, the, all these obstacles. It's like you know nothing Yeah, about the obstacle person. is learn about yes. each other. Yeah, literally. I would watch that. I would yeah. watch 45 minutes of people having a real-time improvised yes. date. Yes, same. <laughs> Just learning about each other. Same. It's those weird things about people that I find funny. Like, I sit on trains and I don't listen to music I listen to people's conversations and I find them hilarious and I write them down I don't think anyone else finds them as funny (laughs) I find them hilarious (laughs) it's just a certain type of humour I suppose but yeah I would much rather watch a date than a Romeo and Juliet yeah love love tale like don't storm the castle ask what his favourite band is (laughs) (laughs) where were you born (laughs) too many brothers or sisters sisters. yeah Yeah. these are key bits of information (laughs) they really are they build you do you have any pets (laughs) you know like I've met so many people and they're just like oh my god I've just realised that the guy that I'm dating doesn't like dogs and it's like if you'd known that at the beginning you wouldn't have fallen in love with him would you these are the things that we need to find out do you like dogs? Are we still talking about improv or are we just judging people's <laughs> life choices? <laughs> I just think that's heartbreaking. Like, what if you really want a dog and then it's like you fall in love with someone and it's like, oh my God, you don't like dogs. Then you're suddenly conflicted. Yeah. That is literally my idea of nightmare. You know people who, <laughs> have, you know people who can't make a cup of tea and people are like, oh my God, imagine falling in love with somebody and realising this is how they make tea. I feel the same thing but about dogs. I guess that's easy though, you just check. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's why you've got to check. <laughs> so, do either of you, do you have any pets? Yeah, I've got a dog. I don't know if you would have guessed, but. I don't care for dogs. <gasps> it's not true, I love dogs. Thank you. <laughs> the podcast can't see, but I'm wearing a skirt with many dogs on it. You, you have a skirt with many dogs on, yes. yes. But you don't have any pets at the moment. I've got cats. I've yeah. got Ozzy and Leon, and they're rescue cats, and they're very scared of everything. And they hide behind mm. the TV, and they don't really show me any love. And I like <laughs> them for it. That's why Aww. I've got cats. Yeah, you have to work so hard with cats. You have to you have to win their love. They're like humans. Dogs, it's like you just buy love, buy a dog. Yeah, they're great. I love them. You'd have to try. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should explore that. <laughs> no, no, I think this is going way off topic of improv now. I'm like, I'm ruining too much. You don't like to have to make an effort. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why I do improv. I don't have to rehearse. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when we do rehearse, it's still kind of like it's not going to be what you do on the night. There's a nice, there's a nice theme going of making minimal effort in everything I do. <laughs> oh, passing your way to the middle. <laughs> And what's your dog's name? Molly. Molly. Yeah. Just feel pleased for. No, that's fine. I'll show you take, a picture of a people taking notes at home. Shall I show you? This is a, this is a picture of, of Molly at the beach. Aww. Oh. See. Yeah. See. <laughs> you were doing the hoopla narrative course, 
And at what point do you think, hey, this is somebody I'd like to work with more? Or has that moment not happened yet? <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still holding up the better. I mean, nothing <laughs> through. I think, I think it was actually the, the concept of Dolprov that just was self-selecting. It was very self-selecting. So, I mean, this, the story goes, the infamous tale, um, is that we basically decided to meet up as a narrative group after the performance um, to play some improv games and have lunch. And which to justify the WhatsApp group we only made the day of the performance. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I think, I love things like that. I think that's just such a kind of like, yeah, what are you doing this Sunday? It's like, yeah, I'm going out for lunch, just playing improv games at the bookshop. And it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to go to that. <laughs> and so, like, you know, some people obviously couldn't come for various reasons, so only half the class are kind of there. And we had this rehearsal space and we were like, oh, what games can we play? And we played Boring Conversations. That's boring conversation. You never played boring, never played boring conversation. Oh, or I game. may have, but in the role well, of you, you may have, but without a realizing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so. Actually, you're probably right. I've, 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 Everyone has played it without really, like it literally. That I think that's why it's so funny because you do have like it's like cocktail party like hanging on to straws like let's talk about how muggy it's been rather than purely hot. <laughs> it's like and which I talk about a lot. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's literally just that, and I start I did it first time I did it was beginners and it's literally you just go around the circle you turn to the person next to you and you just have the most boring conversation you can think of right and so it's usually about like trains or buses or stuff like that yeah cups of tea feature quite heavily yeah just kind of like really anticlimactic disappointing moments in your day where it was just like oh my, my umbrella broke so like, oh, what did you do and it's kind of like it's just stuff like that that's like, not it's not earth shattering but it's cool. yeah two people trying to establish if the milk is off yeah. oh no it's not off yeah. okay <laughs> make a cup of tea then you know and they're genuinely great I think yeah I and love so, it yeah so we did <laughs> a round <laughs> we did a round of boring conversations and then like I think Helen Helen did this story about her sofa bed breaking and you were like oh and then I just kicked it and I think I think it's alright now yeah and I was like, wouldn't it be great if we did like a cut to scene where it was just Helen kicking the sofa bed and then we cut back? And I was like, we, and then it kind of evolved in like, oh, maybe we should do some scenes, like literally based on boring conversations. And then we did some scenes. Yeah. And then Dolprov was birthed. Yeah. That was very Basically. Good. And we thought this was hilarious. Yeah. So there were like six, seven, seven of us yes. there that day. Yeah. And we thought it was the funniest thing in the whole world. And then... <laughs> Imagine trying to explain this in a WhatsApp group. Like, hey guys, <laughs> hope you had a good day. Sorry you couldn't make it to lunch. Uh, so we had this game where we were really boring and we're thinking of maybe making a group that does that. Who wants to join in? It's just like radio silence. <laughs> and I, I remember going like, and then literally the day after I got this email from Steve and it was just like, oh, sending out a call to um, like improvisers, comedians that I know. We've got like a 15 minute slot on this night. Has anyone got any anything that's just new or they want to try that they want to they want to do on this night? And I was like, this, this is a sign from the gods. I was like, we need to do this. This. And I was like, and I've got the email. And I, I was like, oh my god, Steve sent me an email, which I love. I love receiving <laughs> emails. So I was just like, I need to honour this email, and we're going to do Dolprov. So I sent out a little call in the group, and again, radio silence. <laughs> apart from three people, Sarah, Helen, and Greg. We're enthusiastic enough for everyone, though. <laughs> and had the three of those been at the uh, the lunchtime meeting? Yes, oh, right. yes. So they they all understood the concept. They were right. there at the birthing, yeah, um, and wanted to continue with it. 
So I kind of sent off this email to Steve, <laughs> which was like, yeah, we've come up with this concept where, like, we all try and do, like, sweet edits as much as possible <laughs> where we're, like, you know, just brushing a broom across the stage or, like, we walk on stage and go, oh, sorry, wrong room, and walk off. And we just genuinely have really boring conversations. And he was like, this is amazing. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> Steve Rowe would say, this is amazing. You yeah. can go and do this. <laughs> he was very supportive. He was. Yeah, and he also put us on last, which I loved, because he was like, you are going to be the anti-climax of the night. Wow. Yeah. Which was brilliant. So did you take, uh, I'm interested in the sort of the format of the show, did you take a suggestion from the audience, or? Yeah, so we took... We uh, asked for an exciting location. Yes. Wow. Because we like the fact that it's like, it's like when you watch a film or like a montage of something of like a fun day out, like, you know, you go to the theme park and it's everyone kind of like laughing and like eating candy floss and it's just like the highlights of your day. But the reality is, is that in amongst that amazing day, you have those moments where you sit down and you go like, oh, this cup of tea is a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> you go like, oh, where, how do we find, how do you find that? Let's find a map. Yeah. You have those moments too, which <laughs> gets kind of photoshopped out. So we thought that choosing an exciting location would be funny. Because then we're finding, like, the shittest things in an exciting place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is usually kind of just like, yeah, if you work there, actually, the novelty is off. And it's like, yeah, someone's stealing a sandwich from the fridge. That's, that's as exciting as it gets. Yeah. Your day. Yeah. And it went down well? It went down. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually the first time I've ever, like, I think, um, when I do performances, usually... Because um, I was in another group at the time that did very, very different style of improv. And um, I'm very much like, oh my God, I should have said that. Or like, were people laughing? Or like, was it good? Or da 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 da. And Dolprov was the first time ever I have walked off the stage and been like, I don't care if no one liked that. I enjoyed myself. And that's all that matters. But there were people <laughs> who really enjoyed it. Like, yeah. the, the people who enjoyed it really enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things I find it hilarious. And somehow that was enough. <laughs> And yeah. I know that sounds really like, I don't want to be that person that's just like, I'm going to subject everyone to my shitty art. But now I know what those people feel like. There's definitely a big <laughs> subset of people who really want to watch the mundane. Yeah. Like, but there are loads how, of sitcoms that are yeah. just mundane stuff. Think how like popular something like the royal family is. And they're just asking each other what they have for dinner. Yeah. That's great. That's what I watched growing up and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we have one person that earnestly said to us on the way out, that was dull. So we put it on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> because poster quotes are very important to us. <laughs> More meaningless, the better. Exactly. So yeah. you're, you're celebrating the everyday mundane... Don't, yes. we, don't we go to art to escape these, this sort of thing? No, I think art is celebratory of imperfections. I like to think so. Yeah, it's that's that's being a human, Stuart. We've all got imperfections. <laughs> that what that is what makes us beautiful. <laughs> so, if you want to have a Photoshop improv show, don't come to us. We're we're gritty. <laughs> <laughs> we're making statements. You're like improv. We're being streets. we're being highly ironic, but no one gets it. Right. <laughs> I think some people do get it. Those are the ones that enjoy it. Mm. Other people are just like, oh. Okay. Oh, they don't know how stories work. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever told them about plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So are you doing deliberately bad improv? 
No. It's not bad improv because at all. Because bad improv is things like blocking and things like, you know, not letting other people talk and like going with your idea. Like, the bad improv is so different from shit stories. Yeah. That's the, that's the distinction to make here. Yeah. Yeah. Good improv, just... Yeah. Very gently. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of... There are unexpected challenges, too, that come from it. Because it's like you've got to try and find the balance between actually making it not so boring that it is actually boring. You have to try and make it interesting enough. You need to have characters who genuinely yes. believe that what they're doing is interesting, even though everyone outside of that can see that it really isn't. Right. Yes. Characters like, yes. who are really it's, into... Yes, it's character-driven. And it makes me think of... I watched... It was on a few years ago. It was a documentary series that Sky did about Greg's. And oh my god, I loved it because these were people that worked for Greg's, like head office, like out on the floor, whatever you want to call it. And they just lived and breathed Greg's. And it was just like everything was about like shipments for sausage rolls and this planning. And it was all taken so seriously, like as seriously as like politicians would take running the country. But they just did it. Like it was like they couldn't zoom out and see that actually it's just a sausage roll, it's just Greg's, it doesn't matter. It's like this was the be all and end all of life. Because I think that's how everyone feels at their job sometimes. It's like you wholly focused on that. And I just think it's great. As an aside, I'm really into Greg's social media because whoever runs (laughs) their social media is really sassy and it's really funny. Really? Yeah. And at Christmas time, they have an account called um, Festive Jake, the Festive Bake. It's really good. (laughs) So I follow their social media religiously. And on there, they posted something about how they've got this reusable coffee cup. And if you take the cup in, you get 20p off. And there were people who were incensed that if they took their cup in <laughs> and they got the breakfast deal where you get a coffee and a bat for £2, yeah. they didn't get 20p off. And they're like, well, this is a rip-off. Why would I even bother? <laughs> like, these people didn't think their problem was boring. They thought this was real. Yes, this is, this is what really affects you on a day-to-day stuff. level. Yes. And those are the sorts of characters yes. that... Because genuinely, like, the amount of times, like, because I take trains everywhere, I do not drive, and I get so angry when, like, people don't wait for me to go off the train first. I'm like, this is simple etiquette. Like, society would not run if you all just jumped on the train and didn't let me off first. It's like, that really matters to me. Like, that's, like, that's something that will, like, either put me in an insanely good or insanely bad mood. It's just like, oh, my God, like, oh. And it just, yeah, it matters in the same way that 20p off your... Yeah, and the reverse of that, there were the people who were over the moon to see Greg's taking the environment so seriously. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're all so interesting. I want to see everything about you, but I can't Facebook stalk you any further because you've locked your profile down. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these are boring issues, but they're interesting people. Yes, definitely. That was a real aside. I mean, Just me waxing lyrical about the Greg's Facebook page. We are sponsored by Greg's. <laughs> I feel like Greg's would be a really good sponsor for us anyway, actually. I mean, my, my, my main issue with Greg's is the fact that flake cake and steak bake sound so similar. Have you accidentally got the wrong thing? I haven't, but I've seen them going for the wrong thing. Oh! And, you know, when you want one, the other, it's pra- they're practically opposites. That's the scene I want to see, someone diving in in that snow mode to scene. say, No! No! Not <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you could probably do it at normal speed and it would still, still enough time as long as you're on the ball. Yeah, yeah, probably. But then wouldn't you feel awkward if they already kind of like bagged it up and stuff? 
Uh, so again, what I love. I think I would end up buying both. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like <laughs> let's be honest, someone who looks I don't know hungry. Yeah, we thrive off awkward in yeah. this country. Like, wouldn't you, I feel like I'd feel bad if someone if they'd gone too far down the line with putting the wrong thing in the bag. I would then be like, oh, and I'll also yes. have. Because <laughs> I don't want to be that dick that makes you take it out of the bag, because I'm sure it's not usable once it's in the bag. So you let's say that you'd asked for a flake cake. Yeah. And you've got a steak bake. Yeah. And then you go, oh, I'll have a, a flake cake to avoid the yeah. awkward embarrassment. And they give you another steak bake. Oh, that's probably, that's taking the piss, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> oh I don't know. Oh, oh you, you were, oh. You'd have to, you're a vegetarian, we're both vegetarians, <laughs> but we still well. take it. I, I would I would take one and I would like give it to like a homeless guy on the street or something. How or do many, something productive with how it. Many how many steak bakes, bakes before you like, no. But I don't think I'd get tea. No, maybe at the second one, at the second one I'd be like, oh no, sorry, I actually said flake yes. cake. And then I'd make a really awkward joke about rhymes. And yes. like, oh, it's so easily done, isn't it? Make <laughs> flake cake. <laughs> and everyone behind me in the queue would be like, can you just buy your fucking pasty? <laughs> I think <laughs> actually, to just, yes, I think what I would do after the first mistake is I'd kind of rename their flake cake. Really? I'd, oh, I'll have one of those cakes with, you know, with flake on to make it clear. Right. To make sure it didn't One of those bakes again. with the steak on. <laughs> 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 I think brilliant. partly going in to like a restaurant, I never do a that. Restaurant. <laughs> it's Greg's a restaurant. <laughs> okay, well, going into any establishment and ordering exactly as it reads on the menu, I never do. Maybe because I feel it sounds too formal. I, I never mean, do that. You make, you make your language less formal. Yeah, I'll like take a. Like, this is really weird, isn't it? I'll take like a bit of the word of the, in the menu. It's like. I won't give the whole name. It's just like, you know. If you went to like a pub and it was called like veggie burger and chips, would you be like, I would like the vegetarian burger? Probably, yes. I don't know. There's something about fries. reading it directly off the menu I find weird. <laughs> so would I call it a steak bake in the first place? No. I'd be like, oh, I want one of those steak pastry things. Because it feels too much like drama and the script. Maybe, yes, yes. <laughs> it all roots back to my deep seated <laughs> issues about coming. <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds very formal. I don't know. I mean, what happens if you go to a formal restaurant? I'm not very good in formal occasions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I'm not a very formal person. That's why you call Greg's a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It serves food. You can sit down. It's a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I do love a good sitting, Greg's. <laughs> so after you did your first Dolprov show. Yes. That wasn't the end of the Dolprov story, was it? Oh, it's just the beginning. Okay, so the best thing happened after our first show, which was that um, it was actually a show that people had to pay for to get in. Ooh. And so at the end, Steve gave us money. He gave us a fiver each. <laughs> and I was so happy with this money. And even though at the time I was in minus on my bank account, I framed it. Because I was like, <laughs> I got paid to be boring on the 23rd of July. <laughs> it was such a good moment. I think I spent mine on lattes. <laughs> 1. 1.5 lattes. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not going to get a lot of lattes with that. No. No, it was really good. So that happened. And then we were like, let's do this again. Yeah, and then we were like, oh, look at these nights that are available in August. And so then Catherine, being the really over-enthusiastic person she is, 
had heard that as Hoopla is away in August, that there are nights available at the Miller in August. <gasps> and all these improv groups were like, oh, you know, we're going to put on a night and we'll get some other improv groups and we're basically, you know, basically recreating Hoopla, you know, not through Hoopla for the month of August because everyone's going to really miss it. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be hilarious if we got a night in the Miller? And then the other three being the yes and people they are were like, yes, let's yes, and let's make it a variety show. show. Because let's, you know, no one's going to see two hours of Dolbrov just doing Dolbrov. Yeah, let's, let's spice this up. It's, it's two hours. Yeah. And so I emailed the lovely man at the Miller, James, and asked him for a night, which he gave to us without knowing what it was. And then asked what it was afterwards. And then he stopped replying to email. Yes. <laughs> Textbook mistake, James. You've always got to ask what the event is before you agree to have it. Um, so afterwards, yeah, we gave him a little description. I didn't hear anything back after that, but we're booked. Yep. We've got games. We've got prizes. Yes. We've got, we've got poetry and stories and obviously the narrative. Yep. Lots of audience participation. So, so you've got narrative, you say? Yeah, so we're going to do our Dolprov narrative. Right. So you are having struggled with narrative in the Hoopla class. Yeah. You're you have embraced it for Dolprov. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Because it's a you know it's like anything good you have to work hard to yeah to get it right. Are we getting it right in Dolprov? Don't know, but <laughs> that's just so we are. <laughs> yeah. Fewer yeah. people as well. I feel like with the classes, when there's eight of you trying to jostle to get on stage and you know mm. you've got 20 minutes, you're like, ah! Yeah. yeah. Whereas there's only four yeah. of us. I mean, there's generally less so pressure. it's but... a lot easier to be like, this character needs to happen. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. And also because you're not like... Dalprov narrative sets like way lower expectations for everyone, including yourself. Because <laughs> it's like nothing exciting needs to happen. And it'll still be alright. It's like you're looking for you something You just need really small. good characters. Yes, exactly. Like you're not relying wholly on where the story's going to take you because ultimately most of our stories have a very anticlimactic end. Yeah. That's what makes them so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all about character rather than plot. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And like how the characters relate to each other. Yes. It's all... Yeah, it's a lot of it's focused on like how do I feel about the other characters on stage. So when I did a, I did courses before with Chris, and I remember him. We did like some exercises where we had to pick people in the scenes like that, that we loved, or people that we really despised, or like like loads of like before you go on, basically whatever's going to happen, whatever character they come up with, this is how I'm going to feel about them. And it did actually really create like a different kind of improv, and I really liked that because I thought actually that's so much more realistic. Like you do act differently to different people and you have thoughts and secrets about them and whatever, and having that in your mind as a motivation is a really yeah. good way to drive a character forward. Cool. Yeah. And there will be biscuits? Yes. There will Thanks. be biscuits. They will be iced. They will say Dolprov. Yes. Iced biscuits? Yep. Wow. So before our first show, I had the afternoon off work to mentally prepare myself. <laughs> Also, I think I just had some toilet I had to use, but whatever. <laughs> no, it was before the show. <laughs> yeah. um, so I bought a packet of shortbread, Sainsbury's mm. Basics, classic. <laughs> and I found some black writing icing. I don't even know why they make black writing oh, icing. Just iced dolprov onto them all. I turned up, I was like, here are some biscuits. But you turned up not only with amazing biscuits, but with beautiful news of who you had seen outside. 
Oh yeah, also on, on my way to our first improv show, saw James Blunt outside the villa. It was an omen, if ever there was yeah, a, a, an omen. Yeah, an omen to harass him via Twitter, which we took. <laughs> <laughs> but also a sign that boring and successful are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> Sorry, James. <laughs> we love you and we want you to come. Please come to our show, we love you. We have been tweeting you. <laughs> with no reply. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I can see that why that might be a thing or not a thing. So we are dedicating we're doing a, a pass the parcel. We are dedicating the soundtrack of that to Back to Bedlam. Yeah. The classic Blunt album. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are some bands where you want to explore the B sides, you know, the demos, but mm. other times why mess with the Yeah, you yeah. just put it all out there and you know what you're getting. Yeah. Don't tell too there's deeply. Also, there's also something quite beautiful about Pass the Parcel with the bam, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope he turns <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me too. Or he still has to pay the three quid. We made that quite clear. <laughs> you wouldn't let him in for free. Well, I think that's a bit... That's a bit kind of... That's a bit unfair He's like best as any of our others. Yes, yeah. Fans. I've known some of the, so I know some of the audience for years, you know. I've never even met him before. Of course, paid three quid. They had to pay three quid. I made my fiance pay three quid. <laughs> was that a test? I think it was my mind blank when he asked if he could have a free ticket. I, I, my mind just went blank. I was like, no. And then afterwards, I was like, that's really unreasonable of me. So I took him out for a gin and tonic and some port was scratching to say sorry, but that cost way more than three quid, so I really lost. <laughs> You're already in the minus. <laughs> yeah, now he needs yeah. to get someone to come and buy a ticket so that I'm back <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like it's going to be um, a different night, a, a night unlike any other that the yes. improv scene in London. Yes. Has yeah. Seen. Yes, it's. I like to think it's it's uh, alternative. My old art teacher is coming. And to me, that just gives the event a lot of gravitas. <laughs> because it's like, an artist is coming. <laughs> she thinks that this might be art. <laughs> yeah. It may not be entertaining, but it will certainly be art. It will exactly. be entertaining. Yeah, it will be definitely entertaining. be entertaining. It will, it will be a bonding story, I think. You know, we've all been to a shit event and it's... it's, it's... Stop saying shit event. It's going to be good. I think some, no, all sorts of stuff, I'm like, way. this is super weird and I love it. It's going to be yeah. like that. No, but I like, I'm using the word shit in a nice way. Okay. Are you taking back I go Reclaiming it. Reclaiming it. <laughs> I am, I am. I mean, I've gone to really weird stuff and I'd be like, this is awful, I love it. It's like that sense. It's like, I suppose it's like... Like the Chips Museum. Yes, yeah. yes. And the Museum of Bad Art. Yeah. What's it's like, it's, it's awful and it's good because it's so bad. What's the Chips Museum? There's a museum in Bruges dedicated to French fries, and it is terrible, and I loved every second of it, and I live-tweeted my trip around it, <laughs> um, and I WhatsApped Dolprov yeah. relentlessly. Like, there were good facts. Lots of facts about chips, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and also a lot of the facts were definitely, like, alternative facts. <laughs> like, one of them was, like, potatoes are a cure for anxiety. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> no, I don't know about that. In a way, <laughs> I feel better after I've had a jacket potatoes. That's true. Is it a cure for anxiety? I'm not cure. It's a sticking cure. plaster. Oh, yeah, actually, that's, yeah. It's yeah. palliative. It's got to, you know... <laughs> I mean, rarely do I feel 
no, that's not true. I was going to say, really, do I feel worse after having a jacket potato? But I'm not good at limiting my jacket potato intake. Oh, like mm. Brian Harvey from A17. Really? He had two jacket potatoes, they ran over himself in the car. <laughs> I was aware of them running himself over in the car. Is that because of aware. the jacket potatoes? Yeah, is that what you're saying? I mean, I know a lot of blood, you use, use a lot of blood to absorb the, the, the um, starch and stuff. But <laughs> He claimed he's had two jacket potatoes with tuna and cheese. No, with cheese, then tuna, which is the wrong order. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd, he had two potatoes and then he was so full that he ran over himself. It's like you were clearly just drunk. <laughs> Why did you blame the potatoes, Brian? But you Brian? think the starch would soak up the alcohol. Not fast enough, obviously. For maybe he know. wasn't drunk at all. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that. Yeah, this is fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, no, I was aware of the story of him running himself over. Although how you do that, I don't even. No. No. Did he say he was like thing. leaning to get his seatbelt and he just fell straight out of the car, but somehow still? Oh my god. I don't know. That does sound like the after effects of alcohol yeah. rather than like, potato. Than too Mr. far to get my seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overstarched. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I will quite often if I have a jacket potato at lunchtime, feel a bit sleepy in the afternoon if I'm in the office. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe he was like falling asleep maybe when he, he fell. Asleep. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe. I don't know. I'll find the article. I'll share yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Share the doll prop. I'll share it through the doll prop oh, pages. Quite interesting. Mm. So, big final question. Tension building. What is, what is your individual signature moves what do you do when performing that someone might go classic Sulis or classic Batman <laughs> Ooh, that's the most difficult question it is so I save it till the last damn you <laughs> <laughs> now it's going to end on an anticlimactic <laughs> note which would be fitting which would be fitting <laughs> conflicted <laughs> um, I think I have a tendency to say things that I think are just perfectly normal responses to situations that are read mm. as being political. <laughs> I think that happens. Wow. She's making statements. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I wasn't. Well, that's in party political, as in... No, as in, like, just more generally, wider political. You're good at sort of summing things up and maybe mm. extracting a moral from the story. Yeah, I think I've definitely done it a few times where I've said something because I feel like that's what is true in that moment and then everyone's been like, oh, I see, there's an agenda here. I'm like, oh, no, that oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's improv, I haven't had enough thought to have an agenda. Yeah. I think if it ever appears that there's some sort of uh, social justice agenda or anything dull prof, that, that'll just be, no, that's just the first oh, I like the idea of like behind the mind. scenes of social justice, though. Kind of like, you know... Getting everyone's membership money and yeah, but I think I do it accidentally. <laughs> like complete, I wouldn't be that yeah. on the nose about it. I'd just be like, oh, oh well, I don't know why we're not in a yeah. trade union, and people would be like, oh, she's making a point about <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh. oh, isn't that clever? Yeah, no, that's why. Yeah, that's a good. I think that's a thing that I have yeah. a tendency towards doing. That's a good signature mm. move. I think I think the listeners of this podcast should try and learn from that and see yeah. if they can do some of the same. <laughs> It's never intentional, though. <laughs> Have a few stock phrases that sound like you know what's going on in politics. For example, this is like a trade union. <laughs> it's like a wiki how on how to do well at parties. It depends what sort of parties you go to. If they happen to be in Westminster. 
female nose <laughs> I kind suppose, of party. yeah. Then, I just uh, feel like everyone's going to talk to you if you've got some, you know, some interesting angle on stuff. Oh, I'll talk to Helen. She's got <laughs> She says some really great stuff about politics. I feel like it's just a thing that I do. I don't mean to, you know, like, yeah. well, why was I in a van? Oh, yeah. Why aren't we in a trade union? I'm like, oh, yeah. these things aren't supposed to be just reactions just to observations. The, the reality of the situation. That is a, that is a great signature move. Mm. Catherine? Um, I think it's quite difficult. I think it's easier, perhaps, if you watch somebody to identify. And I've never watched me. I'm not that bad. (laughs) Film it so I can watch it at the end. Um, I think I tend to... I think... Improv probably gives me permission to be weirder than I am normally. And arguably that is very weird um and so i've just been reading keith johnson and i'm just all over it about releasing your weirdness and not worrying about what other people are yeah um and so i make quite a few like weird i suppose probably quite weird analogies or examples for things and people think i'm trying to be funny whereas actually this is just how i'd view it <laughs> like in two prob the other night i was trying to explain adopt a patient relationship and I was like it's like you're you're the sun and I'm the earth and it's Sandra who makes the tea is like my moon and it's like we're all around you it's all about you <laughs> to me that is a great analogy <laughs> people thought it was funny <laughs> we'll put that down as a signature move so this uh, your last chance to uh, try and encourage people to come to Dolprov yes let's let's give them details 17th of August, 8pm, the Miller. Boom, there'll be biscuits. Yes. Cool. That's, Please come. That's all the details. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's nothing else to add. Self-explanatory. We've got, we've, got, we've got the Facebook, we've got the Twitter. Yeah, we've got a website with a holding page. <laughs> Dollprof.com. Fact, Coming I think, soon. I think we should just leave it with the holding page. I think that's so, more, more <laughs> dull problem than a website, actually. Yay, Yay! dull problem. <laughs> I made this. That's improv. <laughs>